0: If your company asked you to come back in the same role, I mean, let's just say that somehow they were like, oh, our mistake, please come back and do the exact same thing you were doing before. Would you take that opportunity?
1: So yes, in a heartbeat, I would. Um, It almost feels like, you know, when you're in a relationship and and you thought things are going well, you see a future and then, you know, they show up to dinner and they're like, hey, this isn't working out, sorry, bye. Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, like it felt unfinished, I guess.
0: Welcome to How To. I'm Carvel Wallace. If you've been following the news, even loosely, over the past few months, then you've probably heard about the large numbers of corporate layoffs, specifically in the tech world. We're talking thousands of people losing their jobs all at once. This is what happened to our listener this week, who we're calling Pauline. She was working as a recruiter in the tech industry when she woke up one morning and logged in for what she thought was going to be a normal day at work.
1: So I got up, I made coffee. Uh, I actually had signed on to work a little early to get started on a project I was excited about. Um, and then I, I got the email and at first I, I couldn't even see it. Um, like, I kind of knew what I was saying, but it, it was also kind of like a completely different language. Like, my ears were ringing. I couldn't believe it.
0: Everything happened quickly. Pauline realized that she was locked out of her computer and her files. And as a remote employee, this meant that she lost easy access to her network of people. So she desperately tried to reach her co-workers via text, only to find that they, too, had been locked out.
1: So there was just a lot of confusion about everything.
0: And you didn't get like a Slack or anything like, or even a DM from like any manager saying like, Hey, we just want to check in about this is happening. You just opened up your email and there it was.
1: Yes. As I understand it, my manager found out like at the same time I did. Um, So it was, it was sort of like a surprise for everybody.
0: Pauline's entire department. Her whole team had been laid off.
1: Other companies were laying people off, so it wasn't surprising.
0: Like it wasn't surprising, but it was still shocking.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So what now? Like so many people who've experienced an abrupt ending at work, Pauline is trying to figure out her next move while also trying to reconcile with the shock and honestly pain she's feeling. And she is not alone it's unclear whether or not this trend will continue but what is clear is that many of us also struggle with layoff anxiety so on today's show we're bringing in someone who has helped thousands of people bounce back from losing their jobs
2: i'm susan peppercorn i'm an executive coach and a career strategist
0: Susan, this is, you know, heartbreaking to hear Pauline's story, but it's not unfamiliar. You recently wrote in an article for the Harvard Business Review that something like 40 percent of Americans have been laid off at one time or another, and like 50 percent have layoff anxiety. Does this Is this a story that you find familiar?
2: Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm very sorry, Pauline, for what you've been through. No matter how many people have gone through this, um, it doesn't make it any easier for you and there's research that says that being laid off from your job is as stressful as losing a family member.
0: Yes, it's that deep. Suddenly having your livelihood taken away from you can feel overwhelming and frightening, even traumatic. So whether you've gone through this recently, or maybe you're just a little stressed because a layoff could be around the corner, Susan wants you to know you got this and she has some wonderful practical advice to ensure that you land on your feet. Stick around.
3: This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design.
0: Subject to credit approval, terms apply. Susan Peppercorn is no stranger to isolating and difficult job experiences.
2: That's actually what brought me to coaching because um, I never had anyone who helped me with my career. I frankly never had mentors. I started in the tech industry when it was in its infancy. And I was one of very few women in the field at the time. I left the field because I really didn't like it. And then I had to figure out what I wanted to do next. And because I bumped around for so long, I said, there's got to be a better way. And I want to help people figure out what that better way is. And that's what got me into coaching.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that there's probably a lot of misconceptions that people have about layoffs, especially now we're thinking about corporations cutting large numbers from their workforce. What are some of the notions that you think most people sort of have wrong about layoffs and what possibilities are there for you after a layoff?
2: I think the biggest misconception that people have is that they did something wrong. Mm. And I will tell you that um, in 99.9% of the time, there was nothing that the person who was laid off could have done differently to prevent the layoff. Sometimes layoffs are political, but most of the time layoffs have to do with business conditions. And so I think that um, a lot of times people blame themselves
0: Hmm. Pauline, do you relate to that? Did you feel in some level that if you had only done X, Y, Z, that you might have avoided this?
1: Yes. Um, Although I was, uh, I was actually um, in talks about being promoted. So like, Mm. I know, I know I was working really hard. My -hmm. feeling is more like, I feel like I was doing good work. And why wasn't I given a chance, if that makes sense? Mm. like. Why wasn't that enough? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think your metaphor of a relationship is apt, actually, because there is—it feels like a personal form of rejection. I mean, I—I've been laid off before, mm-hmm. and I've also been dumped, and both of those things have a feeling of like, yeah, personal rejection. Even in a relationship, it's like I was, but I was gonna love you so good. Why didn't you give me a chance to get it together or whatever it was? And I and I wonder. What have you seen about how this affects people personally?
2: Well, I think people feel a sense of helplessness. Mm. If you're dumped Mm. or if you're laid off, you didn't have a say in the matter. And so there's a sense of helplessness that people feel. Um, That, you know, if I was doing good work, if I was about to be promoted, or if I loved you so good, why is this happening to me? And, um, you know, so sometimes that manifests in anger, or sometimes that anger gets turned inward, you know, where, where it becomes self-blame.
0: Mm. It also seems that there's a feeling of um, our self-worth being tied up in whether or not we're employable. Which we use our employment as a metric of.
2: Absolutely, because in the more than ten years that I worked with people who had been laid off, one of the things that I did with people who had been laid off was to help them take steps forward mm. um, in terms of looking for another job or you know, developing a resume. And many times people had difficulty taking these steps forward. and I have some strategies. Um, that I'm happy to discuss, but sometimes people really had trouble, like just um, identifying the accomplishments that they had in their work history because they were feeling so badly about themselves. So, uh, a hit to someone's self esteem is very, very common after a layoff.
0: Mm. Mm. Pauline, I mean, you were working remotely. I I know that uh, I've been a part of layoffs where everyone left and we all went to the bar and everyone commiserated and you don't have that now. And I'm wondering how it felt to be just sort of sitting at home and to be let go of and then to be alone after that.
1: It was very, it's very hard. It's very isolating. Um, So far it's been um, just mostly me. um trying to apply to jobs and no one else around me who really knows what it feels like um I think Susan was like spot on when she said it was like losing a family member because um I cried a lot those first couple of days like oh I feel like I'm tearing up again Mm -hmm. um but like I felt like like yeah, like a part of me had died or something to be not to be dramatic, but like if I felt like I was grieving. So um, mm-hmm. to do that alone was definitely hard.
0: Susan, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happens, or I want you to talk to us a little bit about what happens in those early moments of shock and overwhelm and grief. How do you recommend people work their way through those, the initial intensity and onslaught of new emotions after receiving news of a layoff?
2: Well, it's a great question. And the first piece of advice that I would give to anyone is to give yourself some grace. So allow those emotions. I mean, if you feel like you need to cry, Pauline, as you said, you know, you were, allow yourself to do that. Um, The second thing is don't keep your layoff a secret. Um, I've worked with people who were hesitant to tell family members about the layoff, You know, if if they were providing support to their families, they were afraid that, you know, their families would be worried, sometimes concerned family members may uh, freak out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you tell a parent, for example, they may say, oh, my goodness, what's going to happen now? You know, what are you going to do to find another job? And how are you going to do that? And even though you should not have to be in the role of caretaker, you want to be able to say to that person who may have a very anxious or worried personality, it's going to be okay, Um, because it will be okay. Um, You have good skills that you've developed, And those skills did not go away because you got laid off. Just let people know you're going to be okay and you need them to be positive for you.
0: So that's actually our first rule. As best as you can, set aside any feelings of shame. Of course, they come up naturally, but try not to take them too seriously. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to believe it. And by set aside, I don't mean bottle it up. You can and should fully feel your emotions, but don't let those emotions rewrite your narrative or lessen your self-worth. You can help buoy yourself by leaning on loved ones. Outsource that self-confidence if you need a little boost.
1: You mentioned, Susan, that it's important to tell everybody. Do you think it's a good idea to tell when you're looking for positions and like in interviews, because that's something I, I'm worried that like, you know, there's, there's a stigma attached to being laid off.
2: Pauline, there is no stigma attached to being laid off. Because an interview question that is almost certain to be asked is why are you looking? And so you need to own this in the sense that you can say, you know, my company went through a downsizing and unfortunately I and a number of people were affected by job cuts. And if you say it with confidence, people are going to accept it. Certainly because you're coming out of the tech industry, everyone knows that the industry has been impacted by layoffs. And in fact, if you know how many people in your organization were cut, you can even, you know, you can even couch it in terms of a percentage or in terms of numbers. But um, don't be defensive about it. Mm. Thank you.
0: Yeah, Pauline, that reminds me. I mean, you do work in recruiting. And I'm wondering, since you have presumably helped a lot of people find positions, um, I'm, I'm wondering what advice you would give to yourself in this situation?
1: Yes, um, that's a good question. I don't think I've ever stopped to think about that. (laughs) Um, I think that I would say that it would be a good idea to take some time to think about what I've been doing. I admit, I don't think I took that advice. Um, (laughs) I have been applying quite feverishly, (laughs) you know, like just terrified. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wonder about that, Susan, because I mean, I know that uh, when I have fear, sometimes my response is to overcorrect by flying into action. Um, And especially with job stuff, you feel like if I don't get something going now, the whole world is gonna collapse and I'm gonna, you know, the idea that it's a numbers game, that the more you do, the more success you're gonna have. So you better get going from sunup to sundown and pound the pavement. Do do you think that is like uh, the right approach for most people?
2: So it's a strategy that usually doesn't work very well Mm. and tends to cause a Mm. lot of burnout (laughs) Um, So Pauline, a a few things I would recommend. First is I would um, make a list of the things that you think you do well. Um, What is it that made you Mm -hmm. a really good recruiter? So that Mm -hmm. when you get asked that on an interview, what could you say? And maybe have some stories to back that up. The second thing I would say is that um, applying online has very low success rates. A better strategy would be to connect with people in your network who are at companies that you've heard good things about. If you see a job posted on LinkedIn, for example, look to see who you're connected with that may work at that organization. So rather than just apply there, See who you know that might make an introduction for you, because those strategies typically result in a better success rate, because organizations like to hire people that are referred to them rather than people that just apply online.
1: Yes, I struggle with the feeling that I guess I'm bothering people or, you know, that I haven't really spoken with these people and now I'm trying to ask for a job. Um, I I don't think that's necessarily the right perspective, but does that make sense?
2: Yeah. So you're not asking them for a job. You're asking them for information Mm. or you're asking them for advice. So I would start Mm. with people that you know well you want to ask them, gee, I want to learn more about your company and what it's like to work there and, you know, what I might do to position myself um, to be, you know, um, a terrific candidate with so many people having had the experience of being laid off. Most people are willing to give advice because they've been there before.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I might even argue that there's a lot of cases where people want to be able to give advice because it helps them feel helpful and it helps them feel like they can do something, they can share something, especially if you're asking for guidance, not necessarily asking for a handout.
2: Exactly.
0: Yeah, I love that advice. Mm. Um, I uh, I wonder how that's landing for you, Pauline. It sounds like that there is this anxiety about or the kind of like concern about not wanting to appear to be asking for too much from people. And I wonder how it feels to have it suggested to you that actually you can ask for more um, and be more forthright and candid about your situation and your needs.
1: Yes, I definitely worry about imposing or, you know, like I'm showing up to,
2: to need when I haven't maybe gave. Pauline, one thing that might help is if you ask people for 10 or 15 minutes. So if you limit the amount mm. of time that you're asking people for, um, it may not feel like such an imposition because you're not asking mm. them for an unlimited amount of time. What do you think?
1: I think that would be very helpful. I think 10, 15 minutes for a quick chat, you know, they they can definitely fit that into the day without too much trouble, I hope. Um, And if, you know, they're really busy, I I know there's a cutoff. So I think that would help.
0: Hmm. Pauline, has anyone ever approached you and asked for your help or guidance or information around like getting a job somewhere?
1: Yes. Now that you say it, I remember I was very excited about my company. I was happy to talk (laughs) about it. Um, well,
0: when you say it like that, yes. There you go. So here's our next insight. Just as you call on your friends and family for emotional support, you can also call on your network for support in the job hunt. Oftentimes people are willing to help out and give a few minutes to answer good faith questions about what a job is like, what skills are needed, how you might go about applying and remember. That's much different from asking for a job outright, which can make people feel pressured and uncomfortable, especially because very few folks are in a position to hire someone unilaterally. What you're really looking for is some guidance. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we've got some advice for how companies can handle layoffs better and maybe some advice about avoiding layoffs altogether. Stay with us. We're back with Pauline and career coach Susan Peppercorn. Susan, there are are different kinds of responses to layoffs, and I know a lot of people right now are anxious about their job status and probably have continual fear that they might be surprised with the layoff in the same way that Pauline was. Uh, I guess, first of all, is that fear and anxiety um, justified? Uh, And if so, what are some ways you can sort of be prepared for a layoff without constantly trembling in fear of one?
2: Oh, such a great question. Um, a few things. Put money away is number one. I mean, to the extent that you can, just p- put money into savings. Number two is make sure that your skills are up to date. You know, I remember during the last big recession, I remember talking to a group of job seekers. Somebody said to me, I'm encountering ageism. But in further conversation with this person, I realized that their skills were not current. And that was probably more the reason why they weren't getting job offers than their age. Mm. And so you need to be looking at whatever industry you're in. What is the industry looking for? You know, what skills does the person ahead of me have? And, you know, prepare yourself for that. Take courses so that you're constantly learning and growing. That's a way to recession proof um, or layoff proof your career, is to constantly learn and grow.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's interesting because there's always that anxiety that this is the end of the road uh, for whatever it is. But I imagine that's a part of what people struggle with with all transitions is that whatever was over is now permanently over. It will never come back. Nothing will ever come to replace it. And I am just in this zone of emptiness in which I have no idea what the future holds. And of course, the future does always emerge. But I think some of that might be impacted with the way that companies do layoffs now. I'm hearing so Many horror stories from so many different people um, about how their company let them know things of like half the people go into this conference room the other half go into that conference room everyone in this conference room is fired you know things like that and Susan I'm wondering if you have any advice about how companies can do layoffs better and with more care I'm sure you have plenty of it <laughs>
2: uh, well we could spend we could spend a whole hour yeah. <laughs> just on that alone so don't get me started <laughs> Um, you know, companies really need to put themselves in the shoes of the employee and understand that employees, whether current or past, are their brand ambassadors. And the way in which they lay employees off and terminate them affects the retention of their other employees. Um, And I was having this conversation with a client whose company is about to go through um, a round of layoffs. And I said to her that if they want to retain the employees that will not be impacted, then they really need to think about the kindness with which they undergo the layoff process. So what do I mean by that? One you want to give employees as much notice as possible. I mean, I have heard stories recently about employees being notified on maternity leave, you know, paternity leave, mm. uh, email, text yes. message. I, I heard you say, yeah, Pauline. Uh, yes, I've heard that. It's so. just so inhumane to do it that way. I mean, at least make it a phone call. You know, if you're remote, Just have a conversation with someone. Secondly, treat employees with care. There are things that you can do for an employee when they're separated from the company. Things like severance payments and um, career transition services so that they have a level of support as they go through the transition process. You know, some guidance as to how to apply for unemployment, explanations of what's going to happen with their health care, their investment accounts, you know, somebody to talk them through this instead of just saying, you'll get a packet in the mail.
0: So here's a tip for employers. We know that layoffs can sometimes be a painful requirement of keeping the larger ship afloat, but that doesn't mean your employees don't deserve a lifeboat or a life vest at the very least. As we've already heard, ending employment can be shattering and leave people in a lurch. The very least you can do is show some humanity. And if you can't find it in your heart to do it for them, I guess do it for your company.
2: I'm serious when I say that people who are not laid off We'll look at what happens to people who are laid off and we'll make a decision as to whether they're gonna stay with a company based upon how people are treated. Because um, people who are laid off are also brand ambassadors. And that's what I would tell companies that are contemplating a layoff.
0: I wanna circle back to something Pauline mentioned briefly. When she got the news, She immediately jumped to job searching. She didn't even take a day for herself or a breath for that matter.
1: Oh, I did not wait one second. I started immediately going on Indeed and LinkedIn. (laughs) I was one of those people. Um, I, ha- I had a coworker who took two weeks off, and I think maybe it made her better for it. I know when I started applying, I I hadn't updated my resume properly. I had left um, a credential off. And mm. so um, I think I would have benefited from a couple of days of reflection, like Susan was saying.
0: Like, have you since then given yourself time to really just sit with it just lay in bed stare at the ceiling zone out whatever it is just be just sit still
1: no um i'm hoping that once i have a position i can but i feel like there's a real palpable fear that there's just so many people out of work right now chasing so few jobs Mm -hmm. um i definitely think that after so many applications you sort of feel Despair, you know, mm-hmm. like applying should be like your job is what mm-hmm. I hear sometimes, which sounds really stressful, honestly Terrible job Yeah.
0: Well, also this thing that applying should be your job. I mean, that's I'm not even saying that that's not true It's just that also when we have a job I don't know that we we don't do our jobs in a panic and I think we do search yes. for jobs in a panic and so you should do it at a relaxed, sort of, like, sustainable pace instead of this panic pace that we tend to associate with it. Yes. If you didn't have to worry about applying to, like, a million jobs right now and uh, making this happen come hell or high water, and you just had two weeks to yourself, what would you do with that time?
1: So, I I will be honest. I think mm. my job was such a big part of my identity that I mm. don't know what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I feel horrible saying this. No. Because I feel like the other side of the coin is people say, you know, work doesn't care about you. They'll replace you like, you know, and and I don't think that's the right approach either. Mm-hmm. But um that's something I've been trying to find a better middle ground for between my my work is my identity and and so when I lost it, I I lost me almost, you know? Oh, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm gonna cry again. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um I think I think trying to find a better balance there would be would be good.
0: <laughs> Look, if we're being completely honest, what Pauline says is right. Chances are pretty good that if you work for a big company, it doesn't actually give a damn about you. I mean, not really. They will show you the door if they need to, no matter what you have going on in your own life. So it can be hard to see yourself giving everything to your company under those conditions. But it might help to remember that it's not always your company that you're giving to. It's also yourself. Sometimes you show up and do a good job because you have some integrity and you know that it feels better to turn in a job well done. So maybe there is a middle ground. Maybe you don't have to sacrifice everything to a corporation, nor do you have to treat your job with unending contempt. Maybe you can find a way to treat your work as an investment in yourself, a place to build skills, gain experience, form connections that you will call on later. Maybe you do a good job, not so that you can get praise and acceptance from your company, but so that you can position yourself to have options when you need them. I know we're getting to the end of our time here, and I wonder, like, in the, um, the, the very near future, when Pauline has a bunch of interviews lined up, which I'm sure is going to happen soon, I'm wondering what uh, is the best way, Susan, for her to prepare, especially given the fact that a lot of these interviews are going to be remote. What are you hearing and learning about the, way, the best way to do that?
2: There is a page on LinkedIn, and if you um, Google interview questions on LinkedIn, Pauline. This page will come up okay. and it has the 25 or 26 most frequently asked interview questions. And what I love about this page is it has suggested interview answers along with the questions. Um, oh. and, the other thing I would do is say practice with a friend. Get the list of those questions mm. and practice with a friend. Practice, practice, practice mm. is really important when it comes to interview preparation.
0: I love the idea of connecting with a friend, especially because it solves also the issue of the feeling that you're doing this alone. If other people in your field have been laid off, you may be able to kind of be in touch with them and say, like, how is your search going? Can we work on this together? Can we boost each other up?
1: Yes. Often in interviews, you you don't get feedback at all about how you did. It's either you, you got the job or you didn't. So I think that being able to practice and being able to hear feedback would be amazing, um, especially before a really big interview. Um, I think as I go hopefully to a new job, is there anything I can proactively do in terms of building those connections? Um, Just
2: because I feel like I was very unprepared this time. I would um, say understand the financial health of the company that you're interviewing with. I mean, you can't predict everything. But, you know, mm-hmm. just understand if the company where you're interviewing is financially healthy. And then even if you're a remote employee, try to build relationships by, you know, setting up virtual coffee chats with people. You know, if you're supporting people by doing recruiting for certain, you know, line organizations in the company, um, get to know as many people as you can. I
0: love that.
1: Thank you so much, Susan, for your time. Um, I've never been able to talk specifically to a career coach. And it, it really feels good to know that not only are others going through it, but that um, I, feel, I feel like I have steps I can take. So I really, really appreciate you setting this time aside.
2: Absolutely, Pauline. And I hope that I was able to, um, you know, to help you. And uh, please stay in touch.
0: Thank you so much to Pauline for sharing her story and good luck out there in the job hunt. Special thanks to Susan Peppercorn for all of her insightful tips. Look for her writing in the Harvard Business Review and pick up a copy of her book, Ditch Your Inner Critic at Work. Also, we'll include links to some of these resources we talked about in the show notes. Do you need help ditching your inner critic or are you facing another problem in your life if so send us a note at howto@slate.com at slate.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-495-4001 and we might have you on the show and if you like what you heard today please tell a friend especially if that person just got laid off that helps us help more people how to's executive producer is derek john rosemary belson and kevin bendis produced this episode merritt jacob is our senior technical director Charles Duhigg created the show, Amanda Ripley is my co-host, and I'm Carvel Wallace. Thanks for listening.